it's Andrew Wilkow. Here's my opening monologue from today's Wilkow Majority on Sirius XM Patriot. So the Democrats have their, they have their new talking And that is that Republicans are going to cut Social Security. Right? Biden had the big call out. You heard the boos. Kevin McCarthy has said over and over, there are no cuts to Social Security being proposed by Republicans. But you know what Biden's got? He's got Rick Scott. Rick Scott has called for a reauthorization, a sunset and reauthorization, that every five years Congress would have to reauthorize these programs, Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. How does that, well, it puts it at risk, Andrew. Well, so what if it puts it at risk? If we elect a House majority and a House Senate that wants to make changes, the Democrats like to use the word reform, make reforms to Social Security, like partial privatization. I thought we, this is what democracy looks like. This is what, I thought that we're, our democracy, come on, man. Right, if we elect people that want to make, you know, what's, what's laughable about the reaction here is the Democrats want to tell you that democracy should change the Constitution. The Constitution is anti-democratic. It's not democratic. The Electoral College is not democratic. The Supreme Court is not democratic, and they only care about that now because they don't control it. But they're telling you everything is not democratic. Well, if we can't vote for people, who would make changes to an unconstitutional federal... I will... Yeah, I'm putting my pen down on this table. I'm broadcasting from a ballroom, conference room, whatever you want to call it, at a hotel. I will stop this program to let any Democrat explain the constitutionality of these federal programs. Social Security is unconstitutional. And I don't care what pre- previous Supreme Court rulings have stated. There's no mention of the, in the Constitution that is a component of citizenship. One must submit oneself to a federal retirement program. Well, Andrew, what do you want? You want senior citizens to be thrown out and be poor? They won't be able to eat. Grandma and Grandpa will be on the... That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying at all. That there may need to be changes to the way we fund Social Security. Because Social Security, you see, the reason why the Democrats are opposed, and I did this in my monologue last night on the Salem News Channel, to rave reviews amongst my colleagues. Um, Social Security is not only a Ponzi scheme. It's not your Social Security. When people say, hey, don't touch my Social Security. Keep your damn hands off my Social Security. It's not yours. You want me to prove it's not yours? Okay. Put it in your will that if you die after your children, if you have children, reach the age of majority, you would like to leave your Social Security benefits to ABC. What do you mean you can't do that? You just said it was your Social Security. Why can't you leave your Social Security to your your grandchildren, perhaps to go off to college? Oh, because it's not your Social Security. Once that money was taken from your paycheck, it became the government's money. It was never your money. First and foremost, withholding ensures that the government gets paid before you do. Why do you think I call these people first fed? They are fed first on the fruits of your labor before you ever get paid. I'm 100% right about this. You can get upset 
But the idea that because we might want to reform how we fund Social Security, that we're throwing elderly people on the streets. Now, I've given you the bloodless way out of Social Security. The idea that we must have this program. In 2033, the program will be 100 years old. The Democrats have told you that the Constitution is outmoded. Well, at, at what point does something become outmoded? Is it 50 years, 100 years, 150 years? In 10 years from now, Social Security will be a century old. And we've made the only change we've made to it is that we broke the lockbox in 1964. That's right. There's no trust fund. Why do you think the government has to budget for Social Security? Because they spent all of your air fingers quote money back in 1964. And they look and say, well, we need immigration to support Social Security. Why? Well, you know, we need new people paying in, but why? If Social Security, you get a you get a Social Security number, right? That's like supposed to be your bank account. It's your Social Security number. You put it down when you, you fill out all kinds of forms. So if the money in your Social Security is the money that you contributed and it's your Social Security, why on earth would it matter if somebody else contributed Social Security unless it's not really yours? And if you drop dead, the government keeps your money. Why? Because it's not your money. It's their money. They were going to give you some of it back when you hit a certain age. And when you adjust that for inflation, you actually get less. Right now, if you're drawing on Social Security, you're getting less than you ever put in. So maybe having a hedge of privatization, 2%, 5%, being able to put some of that in uh, gold, silver, whatever it is, to hedge against the government. But see, the government doesn't like competition. The government doesn't like anybody thinking, hey, maybe the government's not doing a very good job here. From the Associated Press, headline, Biden warns of GOP plans for Medicare and Social Security cuts. When President Joe Biden suggested that Republicans wanted to slash Medicare and Social Security, the GOP howls of protest during a State of the Union address showcased a striking apparent turnaround for the party that built a brand for years trying to do just that. Biden's not about to let Republicans off easy and forget that history. The record ranges from President George W. Bush's ideas about privatization of Social Security, House Speaker Paul Ryan's sweeping Medicare overhaul plan, to current Senator Rick Scott's idea of allowing those and other programs to, quote, sunset. Again, a sunset doesn't mean a permanent end. It means that Congress would have to actually, oh my God, do its job and legislate. They could easily just vote to reauthorize the current program as it is, no changes. But they would have to be on record doing it. Speaking at a union training facility in DeForest, uh, where is this? DeForest, Wisconsin. I think that's Wisconsin. Where am I looking at this? Do, 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 do. Oh, I didn't write down where DeForest is. Biden pulled out a copy of Scott's campaign proposal and quoted jo uh, Senator Ron Johnson, as well as Republican Senators Mike Lee of Utah, to warn Republicans would target Social Security and Medicare. Even though House uh, Speaker Kevin McCarthy has insisted that cuts to Medicare and Social Security are off the table, and many House and Senate Republicans vehemently agreed during, during Biden's State of the Union, shouting liar as he suggested they were proposing reductions. Now, here's where it gets interesting. Reading from the Associated Press, not a right-wing blog. Mandatory spending on these programs 
that's Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security, accounted for $2.1 trillion in fiscal 2022, which ended last June 30th, a sizable chunk of the nation's $5.8 trillion federal budget. Both funds are on track for insolvency, and the nation's debt is climbing, already edging past the $31 trillion limit. In 2005, then-President Bush floated a proposal to partially privatize Social Security, the retirement income program mostly for seniors. <laughs> Why is that? How many people have showed up later in life at our border, been given citizenship and access to Social Security? Republicans in 2010 seized control of the House and elevated House Budget Chairman Paul Ryan, the architect of the Medicare proposal to shift toward private insurance options, to be the party's 2012 vice presidential nominee. More recently, Scott, the leader of the Senate GOP's campaign arm, put forward his own plan for overhauling the entitled assistance for over older Americans. Biden zeroed in on Scott's proposal when the senator first introduced it more than a year, a year ago, using it to portray Republicans as extreme. Well, what's extreme? What's extreme? Nothing's extreme. They're always talking about reform. We've got to reform the Electoral College. We've got to reform the apportionment of senators. We've got to reform the Constitution, they say. But don't you touch Social Security. That can't be considered outmoded. Politically, it was genius to tag the party with this idea that the party wants to do away with Social Security, said William Arnorn, a chief executive of the National Academy of Social Insurance, an advocacy organization for Social Security. So this is a political attack. And it's baseless. Now, here's something interesting. The Hill. Here are the spending cuts Republicans have pitched in debt limit talks. President Biden ripped Republicans during his State of the Union address for efforts to use the nation's debt ceiling as leverage to extract spending cuts from Democrats. Some of my friends want to take the economy hostage. I get it. Let's I agree to their economic plans, Biden said Tuesday night as the White House gears up for a budget battle with House Republicans. Well, again, the Democrats, including Biden, were calling the debt crisis a crisis at $13.5 trillion. We're over $30 trillion. So to say, never, ever shall I, will I ever use the debt ceiling to negotiate a needed spending cap is insane. This can't go on forever. It just simply can't. Speaker Kevin McCarthy has voiced support for limits on new discretionary funding after he agreed to work toward a balanced budget in 10 years as part of the concessions he made with GOP rebels to secure the speakership last month. I, I don't understand what is controversial here. We cannot spend forever. Why won't the Democrats agree to a spending cap? And then it says right here, under after spending caps, work requirements. There's been some early chatter around work requirements for safety net programs, specifically Medicaid and the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program. I see no, I see, I do not see a cruelty, an act of cruelty or immorality in expecting people who are able-bodied to work. This is the thing, if you read Rick Scott's proposals, one of his proposals is that everybody pays taxes at a minimum of $100. You're putting in something, right? Now, granted, if you're paying only $100 in taxes, the likelihood that you are going to receive so much more in, in, in government services, perhaps even, perhaps even in, in uh, free money, 
But at least you'll have had to make that payment. To be a part of the process. Now, I understand. I, I think Ronald Reagan uh, saw the earn. I think Ronald Reagan, and, and, and look, sometimes conservatism, when coming from the heart, can go awry. The earned income tax credit, which once started as a way to uh, encourage people to work, became a subsidy for the labor force and then ultimately became expanded into a lifestyle for many. So you have some people out there that, yes, they may be working, but by the time they square up with the government, hot damn, they're making a profit. There's no immorality in expecting people to produce something. The rest of us have to do it. The rest of us have to get up and go to work. So a work requirement, or at least how about this, an attempt at a work requirement. Can you fill out a job application this month? Others have expressed openness to this idea. I think generally able-bodied people that don't have small kids and meet all the criteria should be seeking work, said Representative Don Bacon of Nebraska, a GOP moderate. Said he was open to the idea. Yeah, what a, what a crazy idea. Then there's this one. I've been talking about this for forever. COVID relief funds. Some Republicans are looking to take back unspent COVID-19 pandemic relief funds from state governments as they plot their next steps in talks. Representative Tom Cole, Republican of Oklahoma chair of the House Rules Committee, told NBC News that the idea ought to be on the table and Republicans certainly could fit in whatever legislative deals Republicans hope to strike with Democrats in the coming months. Some Republicans are concerned they could face legal hurdles and opposition from Democratic lawmakers who were less willing to claw back the money. Now, hold on a second. What legal hurdles? In 1974, they passed the Budget Control and Impoundment Act and created what's known as the Congressional Rescission. Which means if the White House says we're lifting all of the COVID emergency stuff, lifting it May 11th, that unspent money that was supposed to go to COVID, which is no longer in effect, should be, get this, taken back, clawed back by the Congress and reappropriated. So maybe if you get the spending cap and then you take back the money that isn't spent yet because you don't need to spend it now, it'd be like budgeting for a war, right? Let's say you budgeted for a war. So we got to have war funding. The war's over. Would you continue to spend the money on a war that is now over? The troops have come home. There's a baby boom, right? You go, wait a second. Um, we don't have a war anymore. So maybe we should take back some of this war funding. That would make sense. I guarantee you, if you're standing in a room full of Democrats, you said, you know, when a war ends, if there is leftover war funding, we should put that back into the, bu into the budget. Whoa, yeah, that makes sense. So if COVID is, is coming to an end May 11th, what at, now what's going to happen is states and local governments and uh, federal agencies, are, well, we got to spend that money now. It's going away May 11th. Shouldn't be that hard to have an accounting. Hold on, freeze the spending. COVID-related COVID related spending should be frozen right now. Come May 11th, what is left, left over to the tune of billions of dollars should be put back on the books to be allocated for the current spending. This would make this budget cap painless. And then we could talk the penny plan. A 1% reduction in the federal budget. None of this is radical. None of it's radical, no matter how hard the Democrats try to portray it as such. None of it. Now, coming up on the program a little bit later, we're going to have Buddy Carter on the program. Representative Buddy Carter is going to present his fair tax plan right here. Wine 695 Patriot 957 2874. Understand this. 
We are right. They are wrong. That's the end of the story. The arguments on this radio program cannot be broken. Sirius XM Patriot. You can join me live on the Wilcount Majority, Monday to Friday, noon to 3 east, 9 to noon west, on Sirius XM Patriot, channel 125.